the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful <laughs> spells. She's actually sending me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Bless it be, y'all. Bless it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. (laughs) Welcome, witches, to another bonus episode of Witches in Quarantine. We are this time going to have a very special guest who's joining us. His name is Matt. You may have heard uh, him in a previous episode with us, which was fantastic. We will have a link to that episode uh, on our website. Matt Arn is the author of the recently released Psychic Witch, a metaphysical guide to meditation, magic, and manifestation. He also runs the blog For Puck's Sake on Patheos Pagan, as well as the column Extra Sensory Witchcraft in Witches and Pagans Magazine. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. It'll make it much more interesting to have someone else on the podcast with us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm happy to not be driving on my cell phone in Maine this time. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It was still <laughs> yeah. a great episode. I think it's also really cute that Matt was saying that he thought he would have a cocktail before coming on the show and then declined out of professionalism. And we said, oh, dude, you probably, (laughs) that was a mistake. (laughs) I I have vodka in my ice cream. I posted it on Instagram (laughs) in case anyone doesn't believe me. I said when ice cream just won't do. Oh my God. And Kanani was mad at me because I was late to get on the recording. It's because I couldn't find my weed chocolates. (laughs) <laughs> which I felt I was going to need and I'm eating right now. So this oh, is yeah. like, I mean, like, I feel like this is the definite time to like have weed everything. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, I got these weed chocolates because I helped out a senior in need during this time of social distancing because she was in, um, vulnerable health and shouldn't be going into grocery stores. So I told her I was coming by and I was going to drop off the medicine she needed. Didn't go inside, just knocked on the door. We did the exchange and she said, I got something for you. And I'm like, okay. And she comes out with a jar of homemade weed chocolates that are all in the shape of little animals. They're so cute (laughs) and they're so wonderful. And this is why you should help your seniors in need. That's all. That's amazing. I I was just talking to a friend today because they were talking about how in Oregon, uh, they've allowed it so that pot shops can either sell out like in their, the front of their store, not in the store and, or they can do delivery And I was laughing with my friend and I'm like, isn't having a guy show up with a backpack of weed? Like, have we just come full circle? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so Oregon too. They have, there's like, there's, um, strippers I saw somewhere are doing like home deliveries where if you need it, you know, you need to see, you need to see a pretty girl dance. They'll actually come to your house, I guess. I don't know. Did anybody read that article? I saw that where they're doing food deliveries. Oh, they're doing food deliveries. Oh, they're I doing food deliveries. But I yes, so if you pay them, they'll do it. To your house, it's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, Uber Eats is what they're calling it. So the it's called they're calling it Boober Eats. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, hilarious. And so you can, good. That's so good. It's like. It's, I was like, wait, I said that. And I was like, wait, were they talking about some other dance thing? But I just like totally messed this up. Like, I'm like, they're talking about some like ballet at the door and I'm talking about uh, dancers from the club down the street. Um, yeah, it's called Boober Eats. Uh, and it's, it's the cool thing about it is it's actually, they're keeping their dancers, uh, money coming in for their dancers during this time, but it's also, uh, staffing their security guards cause they're accompanied by security guards. Um, and it's staffing their kitchen as well. So it's kind of a in, really ingenious idea. Mm-hmm. That actually is a really smart idea. Oh, awesome. Yeah, sounds safer than strippers stripping in your home. That Because that would kind of... That defeats the purpose, right? Right. 
Lap dances, lap like lap dances from six feet away, just kind of <laughs> right. out of it. The, the whole the whole point of going is for a moment of intimacy, which you're just not really going to get. And stripper poles have got to be just like hotbeds of coronavirus, you know. So yeah, it's, well maybe psychic lap dances need to be a thing. Is that is there a chapter in your book about psychic <laughs> lap dances, Matt? If not, can you do like book an two? Book two. <laughs> Book two. That, that's intermediate material. <laughs> we'll have your whole book half written by the time we're done tonight. <laughs> You're welcome, Maybe. Matt. So, Matt, you actually just moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. So that must have been fairly stress-free. <laughs> oh, extremely. Um, totally peaceful. No problems. No rush. No urgency. No, it was, um, it's crazy times we're in right now. Um, I had, because my relationship ended in December officially. So I had been planning to move out here, um, at the end of summer, right before autumn hit. Um, and then I started getting nightmares and I started getting like psychic messages and my spirit started talking to me and they were like, go now, go now, go now. If you don't go, you're going to be waiting for more than a year. Um, so, you know, living with my ex at the time, you know, that's, it makes sense now because that's not, he's a good person. Um, and we get along, but that's not necessarily who I would want to be in quarantine with. Fair. <laughs> yeah. So I just sorry. I just had a shiver. Just oh. <laughs> you were moving out from Salem, Massachusetts, right? From that area, yes. So what's going on there now, or what was going on when you left? So nothing had been going on when I had left. Um, right now, they're starting to call the shelter in place. It's a soft one, sort of like they did here um, in the Bay Area before they made it like a mandatory thing. So it's probably going to escalate to a mandatory thing. Um, yeah, the whole thing was uh, really rushed because I got the messages. Um, they were super strong the weekend before I left. And I, you know, of course, like any major life change, you know, even though I am psychic, you know, I have my psychics that I trust. So, you know, I was asking them and they pretty much verified all um, that I was receiving. So I bought a plane ticket, uh, for Wednesday. So this was on Saturday that I had made the decision, um, to just do it. Um, I booked a flight for Wednesday, um, because that was what was suggested. And that was also what I was feeling. And, um, I flew out here. I took a nonstop flight just to be safe um, because the last thing I want to do is be stuck at an airport in case, in case they called like a domestic travel ban, for yes. example. Oh my God. In limbo, that would be the nightmare. That would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And You're like, I'm uh, in an airport now. <laughs> so, so it's Byron Ballard has been talking for a long time, how we're in the time of the tower. Right. And that is definitely how it feels on many levels of my life. Um, but I'm also, with my interpretation of the tower in tarot, which is what the reference is, I'm really optimistic about it, right? So it's usually, um, I see it as, you know, the crumbling of a structure that no longer is serving you, but is kind of imprisoning you like Rapunzel. Um, so it provides an opportunity, although it's painful and it's scary and it's chaotic, to sort of figure out what do you want to build in its place now that you're liberated from that thing. And so I'm seeing that on lots of levels, on a microscopic level, on a macroscopic level. And um, something that uh, a lot of elders told me um, about my book release is that um, if I write on a subject, I will most likely be tested by the universe on it. Um, so one, one level, I feel I had this personal test of just trusting my psychic information. Um, even though it felt crazy, even though there wasn't, you know, this is before, uh, the pandemic got really hyped up. Um, and I'm not saying hyped as if it's not real, but before the extremity of it started growing, 
Um, and I felt a bit like one of those biblical characters like Noah or Lot or something where you're getting this crazy message and you know people are going to think you're crazy um, to do something drastic, like get all my shit and leave. Um, like and, Joe, were you getting a message to kill your children? <laughs> well, um, no, 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 no. I, I didn't even mean Joe, but that's really funny. I meant Lot. Um, but, um, you know, no, I, you know, I, I'm a witch. So if I were to kill my children, I would, you know, I would be very mindful of it. I would be eating them. I would be using their fat for ointment. Um, I would use their bones for divination. I am pretty sure my children would taste nasty. So they're really (laughs) safe in that regard. Are they, are they not free range? Uh, They are, you know, they're just not, they watch too much TV. They're too, you know. They're, first of all, they're too scrawny, so they're too bony. Like, come on. Yeah. Eat something. No, I, like, come I on. I love joking about eating children. I don't know why, because to me it's so <laughs> absurd, you know, that it's funny. Um, like, I love the gingerbread witch, right? I mean, like, they're eating her house. Fuck them, you know? Seriously. It's like, it's, 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 it's. You, you know, she's a senior uh, citizen out in the woods, minding her own very business. Very hard. Anyone's built a gingerbread house, you know it takes some effort. So if you build, it is a, a pain in the ass. House, it's right. a pain in the ass, and then these kids just want to come eat it. You're like, you know what? Screw you! I'm going to eat you. Then we're going to see how you like it. Yeah, I usually joke with my friends. Um, like for cauldrons, we usually reference ages for it. Um, so like, oh, that's a six month old cauldron. Oh, that's a three year old cauldron, you know, like <laughs> about what you I could know right now. Panani is sizing up the cauldrons in her house to think, <laughs> I know it. She's looking at them right now. I feel it. I, I feel clearly it. need bigger cauldrons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to go, go back full circle a little bit. Um, you know, what's interesting is, uh, one of the things that I teach, from the book, and I've been teaching in workshops, which pretty much aren't going to happen anymore for the rest of the year, um, is this idea of working magic without anything, um, because I had to leave everything behind. Um, so I don't really have magical tools. Um, you know, I've had to do filtering exercises and grounding exercises. So it's been really interesting to sort of, um, be tested on these things by spirit, you know, um, because the energy outside, I mean, in the world in general, like, I'm sure you can feel it. It's very, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on and, you know, having children and dealing with the school stuff and still trying to work from home. And we have some family that we're having housing issues and we have another family member who has been in and out of the hospital. And right now this is the wor- last place you want to be is in the hospital. Right. So when she goes in, no one can visit because no one's allowed anymore. And so, you know, I was talking to someone who was kind of talking to me like about how I was, you know, doing well or something like that. And I just kind of laughed and I said, I am coping I said, do not, you know, feel like you have to be tough around me because, you know, I'm not doing poorly, but I certainly wouldn't say I'm doing like I'm coping. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are just kind of in that spot where you're just kind of, you know, feeling it out and just going through the motions and trying to take it as it's coming. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, like you were saying, I mean, I think coping is it for where we are in the world that's a good spot to be in um it's not ideal but it's it's the tower card right now and i know what's really gotten to me is that we're just at the beginning of this tower falling yeah um this is almost like i think i I realized today this was going to be like the the prequel and that we're we're into the meat of things as people say next week, anyway, um, here in Oregon, they're anticipating the peak to happen in mid-April. So we've got a couple of weeks of, of watching this happen. And it it's slowly been hitting home for me just how serious this illness really is. I know of two people who have lost close friends and relatives to this virus in the past week. One of these uh, mutual friends was 
someone that I, I probably came across when I was in New York City because we used to frequent the Bowery Poetry Club together. Um, and so now he's gone. And then the uh, the cousin of a guest we had on on the show last year passed away. Um, I'm not going to say who because I didn't get their permission, but you know that's it's it's hitting home pretty quickly. And now I'm hearing people say things like, "Please pray for my husband. Please pray for so and so. They're very ill." And that's I, I'm wondering: is it did they get food poisoning or do they have COVID nineteen? Um, which I realized the last episode I was calling COVID nineteen the whole time. So something I, about crows. I've been doing that as well. <laughs> really? I didn't even notice. Yeah. That. I did, and I even put it in my newsletter. I thought it was just my latent Southern accent that throws random R's and things, but no, actually, my newsletter I called it "All Things Canceled Because of COVID nineteen, and I'm like, <laughs> that's, not that's not it. I think coping is is that's how we're going to be. We can't really this is out of our control. Um, the only thing we can control is ourselves, um, which is a great lesson for life and something that will hopefully stay with all of us forever and ever. But in the moment it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, like we're in such unprecedented times. Like I posted on Facebook today, like Britney Spears on her Instagram was calling for revolution and wealth distribution and all this stuff. And it's like, what no, fucking timeline am I in? I agree with that. I think it's, it, it is nothing like we have ever seen before, at least in our lifetimes. Um, I, I mean, I'm both in, I, I, I also, I mean, I think there's a, a healthy level of fear and anxiety that we all have. I mean, that's, I feel like completely normal to, to feel in this time. I said that to a friend of mine today who was like, I just feel like really overwhelmed and kind of anxious. And I said, I think that's pretty normal. But I also am really inspired by watching how community has come together and watching how people have stepped up to the plate to try and help other people um, I watched a friend of mine in the Bay area who owns a, a startup, uh, was able to get production out of, uh, places in China that have reopened, uh, in order to get, uh, PPE protective, personal protective equipment to the front lines of hospital workers here in the United States. And it's like very inspiring to see how many people have just like, you know, put them themselves aside and, and are out there trying to help people actively. And just a huge thank you to people that are on the front line, the doc, the medical personnel, the, the grocery people in the grocery store, so we can get food, you know, people that are in the pharmacy veterinarians that are open, you know, all of that. I'm just very grateful for people who are out there helping keep us um, with resources, you know, even though it must be really scary for them. So for everyone that had to hear my phone beep because I forgot to turn it off, um, (laughs) I get text messages that say things like, need a jar of seawater? I'm collecting soon. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's great. Of course that text comes right now. And of course the answer was yes, but that's not the point. (laughs) That's That's not the point, but yes. Was that your mom, Kanani? Was she out there being a witch on the sea? No, it was. I've asked her. She doesn't have... She's so bad at being an old woman. She doesn't have <laughs> any mason jars or any kind of jars. She's just terrible at being an old woman. She just doesn't understand. And so um, I've asked her to do it before, but she doesn't have jars. So I have to provide her with jars. I'm like, you're supposed to have these things. Like, come on. Figure jars this and bowls of candy. I don't, think with her, I don't think she has bowls of candy sitting out in her house either. I don't oh, recall. No. She's, she's terrible <laughs> at being an old woman. Oh, Kanani, you've got some work to do. I know. I know. Is she not really giving can. you animal shaped weed cookies? Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's you a new what? standard. What? I'm going to hold them, seniors she would eat them and not share them. That's how this works. You what? <laughs> if she had them, she would eat them and not share them. So <laughs> <laughs> she very well might have them, but she would hide them from me and, and keep them for herself. <laughs> Matt, Matt knows he moved back to the right coast when the senior, senior citizens are giving out weed chocolate in exchange for picking up someone's Prilosec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the West Coast. I'm, I'm originally from the West Coast. Um, so one of the things I struggled on the East Coast with is just like not feeling connected to the land and not feeling like it was home. And now I feel like I'm home again. Yeah, well... What's been interesting, we're talking about it being unprecedented in our time. And I feel like it's the response and the global connection that is what is really unprecedented. And 
it's been very, um, very eerie for me in many ways. One of the ways that I've been filling up this time um, is by finishing some genealogy work. Uh, my sister and I hired a genealogist to do some research into our family, and that was a, a Christmas slash birthday slash Mother and Father's Day present for our parents. And I was finally collecting all the information for my dad and looking at his in comparison with my mom's and seeing how in both sides of the family, we lost patriarchs to the Spanish flu. So there were widows left raising single daughters alone. It's very interesting that both of this happened in two different families that, that the fathers passed away, leaving their widows with single daughters to raise both of the Spanish flu. And reading this, it was almost a reminder I felt like from my ancestors of what, what these illnesses can do and how they can deeply impact a family for generations because a child that loses their father very young to something scary like or anything like that, but that's going to have an impact in how they raise their kids. For sure. But I have to, I have to say though, in doing this research, I've had this really incredible gift is that I have learned about my great, great, great aunt. This is my great grandmother's aunt who is the most perfect ancestor I think I have ever heard of. So She was a single woman. I don't know if she was divorced or she was a widow. She raised three girls. And apparently her thing was to collect stray cats. And she, yeah. And she, um, as my, my great aunt was telling me, she would come to my great grandmother's house for Christmas every year on a train with her daughters. And that one year she brought an entire basket of kittens that she found at the train station. And then I'm hearing more stories and how she would always mess with the collection plate at mass. And so when the plate would go by, she would like take change back. Like if she put in a quarter, she'd take back a dime because she didn't want to give a whole quarter or whatever. Or she would throw, she would throw the quarter so it would bounce in and out of the collection plate. And then apparently she used to kick people under the table and make somebody else think that that they had done it. So she'd start fights with other people. (laughs) She was kicking them under the table. And I heard about this and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, this is the, I need, I need a picture of her immediately with a candle and a whole shrine freaking on my altar because the, the great, great, great aunt that rescued kittens and kicked people under the table and fucked with the communion plate at mass is one of my ancestors guys. (laughs) I mean, I am so full of the light and divine spirit of this woman and I will carry her message forward. (laughs) I love it. And you know, because this was the early 20th century, you know, she wore a big hat. You just know it. Huge hat. (laughs) Giant hat. Getting off the train in Pittsburgh with a basket of kittens. (laughs) A giant hat and a basket of kittens. That's like the best. That's the ultimate. (laughs) She is. No, seriously. I've got to find a picture of her because this woman belongs on my ancestor altar. Because that was one of the things that Queen Mother Imaku said two episodes ago. Some people don't belong on your ancestor altar and some do. Great, great, great Aunt Margaret definitely belongs on my ancestor altar. Heck yeah. So that's been one of the blessings that this time has given me is the revelation of my new ancestor. An administrator for uh, an online group and people have been doing this amazing thing where they're setting up time to live stream stuff. So we had someone showing you how to make pastries. We had someone DJing a DJ party. We had someone giving us a lesson on tea making, a lesson on coffee making, a lesson. So it's like every day there's these um, the, sh- the sharing of knowledge and then, you know, people, if they really like it, they're welcome to tip people as well. We know some of the people that are sharing it out of work. Uh, one of the women, um, DJ to, D- uh, like an online party this morning to raise funds for, to support, um, resources for sex workers during this time. And I just was like, what a cool concept of how much art and, and talent and, um, and inspiration people are showing during this time. I see it from celebrities to friends. Um, and I think it's, it's really nice to, to see people sharing in that way. Like Britney Spears calling for revolution, wealth distribution. Yes. yes. <laughs> like what? I know that still kind of blows my mind. Or like is, a, is a call out there to our artisans. We definitely need Britney Spears saint candles because you know they've you've got a lot of them you've got you've got i think there's beyonce candles i know yeah, there are definitely beyonce candles and David yeah there are, and- there are candles we need a britney spears candle because apparently she's going to save us 
I got one of my good friends. Oh, go ahead. They probably already exist. I'm sure. I'm sure some small seller on Etsy is selling them. Who we should support? Who we should definitely support. Etsy is a great way to support um, small businesses and individual artisans during this time. Um, I know I've been like perusing, going like, hmm, "What do I want? What do I want to buy? <laughs> what yeah. should I get to put in my house?" <laughs> it, it's funny because as I was saying, like I could only bring limited things, right? Because it was like a rush. Um, move. And one of the things that I did pack in my luggage was my Nancy from the craft Saint candle. (gasps) Um, (laughs) Amazing. Because I couldn't, I couldn't part with that. No, you definitely cannot part with that. That is critical to bring anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a a the craft boy. That was my (laughs) gateway drug into the world of witchcraft. You're like clothes, toothbrush, Toiletries, candle, Nancy, Nancy handle. <laughs> right. We're going to move to California. <laughs> well, one of the things that made it easy is um, a lot of my oils and sprays I had to leave behind. I packed some, but the majority of my sprays and oils are uh, Modern Conjure, The Mystic Dream. So if there's any that I can easily replace now, um, because I'm now living with them, I'm roommates. So. That makes That's it a little bit getting easier. some sort of a discount. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I hope so. You don't have to pay for shipping, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, the actual store is, um, like, the physical store is closed. It's because we do have a shelter in place. Um, uh, and now it's an order. So it's a non-essential business. So I came at a very interesting time um, where it's just tower on, on lots of levels, you know. Which is cool and exciting because now, um, you know, despite all the chaos and stuff, it's all about learning, well, what now? What can we build together? Um, Because, you know, like, they are, like, peers and teachers and uh, collaborators, you know. Um, I got my final initiation for Sacred Fire, so me and Devin are going to be, like, expanding that and geeking out on that. Um, Mm, but now it's kind of like figuring out since like, you know, the store was, um, essentially their bread and butter, you know, how to do that remotely. Um, so there's a lot of emphasis on course building and readings right now. Um, Storm and Chaz just released, uh, a spiritual cleansing course. And I know Devin's working on stuff and I'm working on stuff, but it's an interesting time of sort of, um, uh, like you were saying, just figuring out how how to exist now during this time and how to, you you know what I mean? Because like, it's the small businesses that are hurt the hardest um, and the people that are freelancers and artists and crafters and stuff. There's a lot of other ways that I think that we're also seeing how, I mean, one, this is going to do a lot of things like you're talking about where people are going to kind of be expanding their repertoire, right? Like now they're, they can do things over the phone. They can sell things online. They can do things like that. I think the other thing that's going to change is, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, companies so that are, you know, say upping their cell service. They're upping their, they're offering free cable. They're offering free internet. They're offering free this. They're offering free that. I think we're going to get to kind of a point where people are going to be like, should you really be charging people for that? Right. Like, should we really be paying for internet? Because we kind of see that in a national emergency, we all need internet. So should we really be paying? You know what I mean? So should it really not be available to some people? Or does this need to become a new public service? So it's like, I feel like this is going to change a lot of our normal day-to-day routines in a more permanent, in a more permanent way. Can we yeah, go yeah. ahead and cancel student debt if you're so worried about the economy? Let's go ahead and free up, what is it, a trillion dollars in student debt locked up right. in this country? Yeah, yeah there seriously. There's your, there's your economy. There you go. Yeah, and it's interesting because a lot of these things are things, without naming specific candidates, but things that you know a lot of these presidential candidates have been proposing. And now it's becoming a thing where we're kind of seeing the importance of it when, you know, yeah. shit hits the fan. Um, like, uh, I know one candidate, at least one candidate was very firm that like the internet, um, is essential. 
it, it's not, um, it shouldn't be a privilege type thing. It's literally needed for survival. And I think um, this is proving that. Exactly. Because like if the internet went out, I mean, whew. Well, that's what I was telling my husband. I mean, this is a catastrophe, so I'm in no way trying to downplay what's what we're going through. I mean, we're at the, you know, we're the calm before the storm even still. But, um, you know, I was telling my husband, like, imagine if this was like a natural disaster where this is happening, but you have no electricity, you have no sewer, you have no water, you know, you have no cell phone service. It's like, I can't even imagine how people would be behaving when it's, it's already fairly bedlam and all people have to do is sit on their couch and watch cable. You know, I mean, for the most part, there's the people of course who are losing their jobs. And so there's, there's financial stuff, but I mean, as far as like security, you know, for the first few days, you know, if you'd paid your rent, you know, you still were okay. You you had to worry about future stuff once people started losing their jobs. But I mean, the sheer panic and craziness that happened was just kind of, it was jarring for me and shocking. Cause I've always been one of those people that, you know, is kind of a prepper. So I'm always thinking about that stuff. I have a lot of that emergency stuff and right. just to see how people have behaved while still having access to everything has just been very eye opening. Right. And, and seeing how that's creating shortage. Yes. By- by people freaking out. Yes. Yeah. I know there's also like, um, certain, um, it's cool to see, like, it really does feel like a weird global shift, not to sound like too new agey or to make it into something that is purely good because I don't want to underplay how horrible this is, but like we're seeing companies like, um, Tito's vodka, for example, like they were talking about how they're not making vodka right now. They're changing their, uh, factory into hand sanitizer factory Mm -hmm. to help people. Um, and I didn't mean to like name a brand, but you know what I mean? Like we're seeing like companies and corporations step up. Yeah. (laughs) Even Ford is, is working to change that they're going to be starting to make ventilators. Yeah. And other ICU equipment. And I think it's what this is showing us is that I, I feel like right now, one of the gifts of the tower is that it shows you, it shows you where your I can'ts have been artificial. Yeah. Because they've said for so long, we can't shut down. We can't, we can't shut down these massive facets of industry um, on behalf of climate change because terrible things will happen. Well, people adjust, right? So people yeah. aren't going to conferences and, and that's, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's really disappointing, especially when you're part of your livelihood are those conferences. But then just like Matt said, people shift to start doing online things. So it's saying, yeah, it is possible to do things differently. It is possible to give everybody in the country a thousand dollars when they said, no, we couldn't possibly do that. That would be way too much on our, on our national budget, but suddenly, Oh, well now we can make it work. You know, right. it doesn't mean that we always have to have a thousand dollars, although Andrew Yang's platform was pretty compelling. Um, but it just goes to show that all the things that we've been told by, by society, by, by people in the government, by, you know, by talking heads are impossible. We're looking to see that it, it is possible. All of these things are, doesn't mean we want to live this way forever, but we're, we're making it work. Well, and one of the things that I find kind of weirdly, um, inspiring is a lot of what we've been talking about, like people supporting each other and even like companies and corporations stepping up to the plate because right before this, you know, I, I like many people was slowly losing faith in humanity. Um, and we've never seen at least just in our country. And I know this parallels in other countries too, but such division, uh, between people and, um, I think this is starting to bring out that humanness in people mm-hmm. um, that has been sort of disappearing. I have totally noticed that I that people aren't trolling like they used to. Yeah, like it's nasty true. for literally no fucking reason. No reason for you to come out and be nasty, but you just think it's funny. And I've noticed that's really kind of gone away. Yeah. And I'm seeing people that used to kind of write really mean, snarky stuff um, 
just have kind of chilled. Their whole tone, their whole demeanor has just kind of, you know, like you said, become, everything's become more humanizing. It's like, well, maybe, maybe it's actually not funny. You know, people are are being more aware of, of the fact that they are a part of something bigger and they have a part to play in that. And maybe they should, you know, do something good with that. So I definitely think I, I agree with you a thousand percent because I just didn't know how, you know, it, it is happening all over the world, but how we as a country were ever going to get along again mm-hmm. um, because it just seems so, so far apart. And suddenly all of that stuff just seems so trivial right. and everyone just wants everyone to be okay. Well, and, you know, to, to keep going with our metaphor of the tower card, right? Um, what's next? It's the star card. Yes. So the star card is all about healing and hope and, you know, um, the figures naked, you know, and there's no buildings. And so it's, um, there is this sense of like coming back to humanness and coming back to that spiritual essence and focusing on hope of what the future has. And, um, you know, because I do think that the tarot, you know, regardless of its history and its debated history and stuff, like, um, it does seem to be a very archetypal, sequence of things that unfold in people's lives and so it makes sense that if the same is happening on a larger macroscopic level that where we're coming into next is the star card energy it's so funny you say that because i've been doing a lot of tarot readings this week for people and everybody's getting the star card and i didn't put i didn't connect that that that's perhaps something that they individually are each going to experience but also perhaps taps into this collective uh collective refocusing. I feel like a lot of times the star card is it's, it's, it's the highest ideal. And it's the one part of the tarot where the, where the fool who's the main character in this journey loses sight of that. And it's through the, the moments of the tower when everything they felt was so important gets built up and falls away that that, that clarity comes back in. And how many of us have had our moments when things were were difficult and painful, but it was a side of the stars that managed to, even if it didn't give us the answer we needed at the moment, just helped us reset ourselves and know we're going to get through it tonight. Another thing, um, and I'm going to get a little new agey here, um, but there's parallel concepts in Thelema with like the Aeon of Horus. The star card is ruled by Aquarius, you know, um, and there's this whole idea of the age of Aquarius, you know, where people sort of start waking up to what is important and start um, seeing things in a different light and becoming more in touch with their spiritual and divine humanness. Um, so I think that's also kind of interesting uh, that we're going from the tower to the star card. Um, well, but it I've does been- remind me of when we were talking to Teresa Reed um, about, you know, what's coming up in this year. And she kept talking about how, we're in a time of Pluto and Pluto just fucks everything up. Plutonium and destroys everything mm-hmm. and tears everything down. And then we're going from that to an age of Aquarius. Right. Well, it's very Inanna in a lot of ways, mm, you know, Aquarius, yeah. that descent, that stripping of, you know, what you're holding on to, you know, these ideas of, um, well, it would be like, identity and stuff. But like, if we were to take that as a cultural context, you know, this idea of stripping away these, uh, cultural ideas that we're holding onto that aren't necessarily true. So for example, you were talking about like all of a sudden, like, you know, we can't afford, you know, basic income and stuff. Um, but it's a descent into the underworld before, you know, rising as a new creature. Sorry, I'm staring at my cat right now. I mean, you're, you're supposed to be hosting this show. Well, you know. <laughs> Kanani's like, we're like, okay, what's next, Kanani? And she's like, shh, shh. I'm staring at my cat. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to, um, to add when we were talking about, um, you know, supporting people in business and things, um, that when the virus has passed and when all of this is over, um, we're going to feel the effects of this in the, in the economy for a while, especially among our beloveds who are in service, service work, you know? Um, and so one of the things we asked for, and we are still open to this, 
um, our, our witchcraft listener, I mean, our, our witches who are listening, who are artisans, um, to let us know about your store or your online business. So friends, if you have the ability to go ahead and do your Christmas shopping early, now's a good time to do that and try to support people, especially if, um, they're not able to get in and do their jobs at the moment. Um, you know, we talked about the mystic dream in uh, the Bay area, um, has now, now has online merchandise. Is that what we understand, Matt? Yeah. And, and, um, because there's the whole Academy aspect of it. Yes. So we're trying to, um, provide, uh, workshops and even just like uh, single download type things, you know, for low prices, just to give people, um, to, to be doing the teaching and the stuff. Um, uh, I do believe that they're still selling things through the actual storefront, the online storefront, obviously not the store itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of like a refocusing, but it's good because this is something that like we had been talking about doing for a long time, but you know, has been put off because, you know, they have a store to run. Right. And, and now it's sort of like the universe forcing it. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of people are experiencing that the projects that they've been putting off. I know I recovered a chair that I put off recovering for two years. It took me all of 10 minutes and I will learn nothing from this. And I will put off other projects for two years. It could be done in 10 minutes, but now I've got this really cute chair that's recovered with mermaid fabric. <laughs> that's exciting. It's so cute. You have to come visit and see it. I'm going to take uh, it. No, you're not. Yeah, when the, when the plague's over, we, uh, we should take a road trip up there and, um, so some other stores that are selling online right now, the Raven's Wing um, and QMeb, but also check your local metaphysical store as well. Um, many of them may be doing things online. And there's a number of, um, of stores that are completely online that you might want to know about. And these are all witches, many of whom are listeners to our show. Um, Gaia's Workshop Drums, uh, Drum Making and Other Sacred Art. It's, um, there is an Etsy link. You can get that on our website. Also, uh, Smashing Ivory Production, which is music and fancy photography. Um, and then there's, I think it's pronounced Swandi. It's an alt-electric trio from South Africa, whom you can find on Spotify. And uh, the Witches Resistance online store, they have magical candles and herb concoctions, as well as lots of paraphernalia to let everybody know that you were part of the resistance. Um, there's an Etsy store called Alchemical Goddess that is featuring absolutely beautiful handcrafted pagan talisman jewelry. And I believe is also now selling our spell cards. So that's yes, she is. Yeah. And then, uh, Transcendence Arts, a gallery of artists and spiritual and metaphysical pieces, the, um, the credit to created to add lasting beauty and gentle loving ambiance to every sacred space. Um, are they carrying the the cards They're also well. carrying our cards. We actually, with all of this stuff going on, uh, we continue to have stores contacting us wanting to sell our spell cards, which I cannot tell you how much it warms my heart. Seriously, uh, it's amazing. To be able to be mailing them out and making them and just, it feels amazing. So yes, buy our spell cards because <laughs> it makes us happy to send them to you. So uh, amazing, ma- incredibly magical artist that I know, Addie Miyako McClure. Uh, she is just created the Botan Tarot, which is a whimsical deck illustrated in watercolor, drawing inspiration from Art Nouveau, Addie's Japanese heritage, and the char- characters from folk tales she grew up with. Mm. Botan in Japanese means peony, which is the flower prominently featured on the back of the design of the tarot deck, as well as on several, car- several cards. In, J- in Japanese flower language, peonies represent bravery. Botan is also a play on word, the word botanical as Addie uses Japanese flower language and other plant imagery throughout the deck. Um, so this deck started out and launched on Kickstarter earlier this year and reached full funding within like six hours. Her artwork is phenomenal and she also sells artwork on top of the tarot deck, which will be actually taking pre-orders um, uh, outside of the Kickstarter starting in April with, uh, with um, product beginning to sh- ship in July. Uh, we'll post her website on there, but the deck is so beautiful and her art in general, which is also on her website is just so like, it's just really beautiful. It's very sweet. She does pet portraits, pets in these like, you know, different beautiful scenarios and they're just awesome. So, um, I'm excited to a, I was one, I bought one of the decks through the Kickstarter campaign. And so I'm super excited to get that when, um, production is done and, 
yeah, it's just a really, she's, she's amazing. And, and I think her artwork is amazing. So we'll list her shop as well. Um, on there. I'm going to need a private link for that because that's <laughs> absolutely happening. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. When she first, I got to see some pictures of what she was working on. I was just like, Oh my God, this is so cool. It's really beautiful. I just can't wait to have it in my possession. Um, two other things that I wanted to throw in as well. Um, there are two new witchcraft podcasts, both of which were launched this week. So all of y'all sitting at home, extra things to listen to. So the first one is a science witch podcast, which is led by Angel and Iris. And this is for people who love both witchcraft and science, as well as how they intersect with each other. Awesome. Yeah, I know. This is like totally my speed, um, as is the next one, which is um, When God Was Queer, which is a weekly podcast in which Dakota St. Clair shares various legends, lore, and myths, which function as divine reflections of LGBTQIA plus identities and experiences. I'm a huge fan of Dakota. I knew them when I was living in New York City, and so I'm very excited that they've started a podcast. And both of these are available on Anchor. So, Hillary... Um you had mentioned, so you mentioned that you had that tarot deck and then you had also mentioned that you had possibly some different causes and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. So there are two causes. One is, there's one that's local to where we are, so local for Oregon State. And there's another one that's a, a general one that is helping kind of all over the place in multiple countries. So the local one is called um, the Oregon Community Recovery Fund, which will rapidly deploy resources to community-based organizations at the front line of the of the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, and we'll put a link to that, um, on the website. And the other one is called the center for disaster philanthropy. Um, and it is, it was, it is, uh, it has established the COVID-19 response fund to support preparation, containment and recovery needs with a focus on nonprofit organization working in areas with high numbers of cases and those working with vulnerable populations in, in those areas, inclu- including hourly and gig economy workers, immigrants, elder, elder, elderly adults, and individuals with disabilities. Um, so we'll post that as well. Um, so those were two, you know, we'll try and feature uh, some each episode while we're going through this, just areas that you can give back. Um, I mean, I think it's really beautiful. I see people like giving exercise classes for free online, meditation classes for free online, you know, just anything to help us all get through this together. Um, and I think that sense of community is just a really powerful thing. Um, and I think that it's, it's what is going to get us all through this together. You know, I've been streaming videos of my dog sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, we know. It's my very- my charitable thing for uh, I sent I sent a, a picture to Kanani and Courtney, but my charitable thing for uh, the week is we um, the rescue that I adopted my dog from um, had a foster family pull out with a dog that was in transport, um, and so uh, we are going to be fostering a four and a half month old puppy uh, <laughs> coming from Texas named Yoko, who is pretty much the cutest thing ever. She- uh, she looks like some sort of Catahoula or Catahoula mix, which is my dog here. Riley is a Catahoula mix lab Catahoula mix. And so they're basically the opposite color pattern. Uh, Riley's dark with light patches and this one is light with dark patches. So I'm pretty sure that we're going to have a lot of things to do to keep us busy. Puppies are a lot of work, but also, uh, lots of cute, uh, cooing at the dog and we'll definitely post photos. <laughs> I am so mad about this quarantine thing now because I really want to come over and play with that puppy and I can't. It will do virtual puppies. It's not the same, and you know it. Puppies need to cuddle. They're like wriggly and cute and warm. I'm sad. <laughs> I, know. I know. Everyone was like, and, you know, a lot. Actually, it was one of my coworkers who had brought it up when we were, you know, when we were before we had actually closed, but when we were talking about closure, and um, you know, she said this is a really good time to foster, and especially now that, of course, many people are at home during this time. Um, most people are at home during this time. For us, we were like, well, yeah, it's, you know, fostering a puppy right now is doable where maybe normally it might not be <laughs> because of our work schedules. So it's really, uh, it's, it's a night, it'll be a nice uplifting addition, although I'm sure chaotic uplifting addition to our household. One of the things, so since we're doing the bonus episodes and we'll be doing another bonus episode uh, next week, I was thinking it would be fun you know, last week we'd asked for people to kind of send in their artisan links 
And we certainly would still like people to do that. Yeah, please do. And I thought would be really fun is kind of like Courtney, you talked about how you recovered a chair that you've been wanting to do for two years and you finally got around to doing for people to send us like pictures of their craft projects or house projects or writing project, or just tell us about something that you've been wanting to do, wanting to do. And now you've gotten it completed. So you can brag on yourself a little bit. So you can email those uh, pictures or stories or whatnot to us at thatwitchlifepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also post it uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Find us on one of those. But I thought that would be kind of fun if people could kind of share their fun stories of, I finally did this. Now that we, we all will post a blog with all the pics of the cute things everybody's been up to during this time of a lot of uncuteness. Yes. Yeah. Plagues are uncute. They are not cute. They are not Plagues are not cute. You know what? We need t-shirts to say plagues are not cute. Plagues, not cute. <laughs> plagues, not cute. <laughs> plagues, hashtag not cute. I was talking to a coworker. This thing that says plagues are less than, or puppies are greater than plagues. <laughs> with the greater than symbol. I was talking puppies to a coworker and I told him that this is not my favorite and he just laughed. <laughs> that's not my favorite <laughs> hey Courtney how's that how's that chocolate treating you it's treating me beautifully <laughs> I'm over here both laughing and crying feeling all the joy and all the sorrow of the world <laughs> it's basically how I am all the time but just kind of more heightened heightened, heightened Courtney heightened Courtney <laughs> that's more fun <laughs> Well, Kanani's over there eating eating vodka, not drinking a vodka, eating vodka and staring at her cat because that's how she wants to spend the apocalypse. Eating vodka. Eating vodka. <laughs> Did you miss oh, it? her ice cream. It was delicious, by the way. <laughs> I definitely recommend it. I had like a kid's juice box of apple juice that I randomly found in my car. I was like, oh, what's this? And that's what I ha- that's what I had during our podcast. Minute made kids juice box. That's, that's like an adult. choices to not have the cocktail. Like <laughs> I no, I haven't been drinking at all during this actually. I've been sticking to weed mostly. Um, I mean I don't drink a lot to begin with, uh, but it just it lowers your immune system. So I was like, you know what, if there's any time for me to you know focus on focus on uh, marijuana instead of alcohol. Just- <laughs> The ice cream and vodka actually boosts my immune system. A friend was like, posted some, something online that was like talking about people in Amsterdam who like made a, you know, started panic buying marijuana. And I was like, (laughs) and what's funny is I just commented and everyone was like, oh my God, that's so funny. I was like, I panic bought marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) That was me too. I was like, I I have, I took this, I like went to the thing and I was like, I need all of it. I need everything, everything ever. And then I was like, what am I doing? We're not going to be inside for seven months, hopefully. So, (laughs) but if we are, I didn't rush out and just take, I just opened myself to the universe and someone gave me weed chocolate. So that's just the lesson not to get all new agey y'all, but just think positively. Weed will come to me. Harness your inner weed energy and it will appear in front of you. Hot nut plagues. Hot nut plagues. Oh man, we have gone off. We've derailed. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, hopefully, dear. hopefully he found some weed candy to entertain himself while we've just been. <laughs> He's writing out help me notes and sticking them under the door. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us and tolerating our nonsense and crazy. Um, I was just wondering if you kind of had any favorite meditation intention or anything like that, that you're kind of using right now that you might like to share with anyone. Uh, yeah, there's a couple, but one of the things I really want to drive home, um, is just meditation in general at this time. Um, and not just because, you know, we need to calm our shit down. Uh, but you know, I try not to get too pseudo scientific with, uh, with anything. Um, but there have been numerous studies that have shown, um, and they're not quite sure how, um, but meditation does boost the immune system. 
um, like there's been controlled studies um, in scientific journals and stuff where um, they've seen with a controlled group that um, after a period of meditating, um, you know, certain genes are shifted that help fight viral infection, uh, genes that are related to stress and inflammation and wound healing, um, are activated and changed. Um, and this is like studies done by like Harvard and, uh, university of California. And, you know, so I think right now a major thing to do is reframe meditation. So, um, not to reference my book again, uh, but one of the things I, I talk about is how a lot of us, and I, I was in this boat too, you know, meditation, we just kind of sigh and we're like, I don't want to do it. You know, there's a lot of resistance, but really reframing that as self-care and as something that you do for yourself, not because you're obligated, um, because whether you get the health benefits from it or not, you know, there is something about that keeping your sanity and keeping your emotional strength. Um, beyond that, um, a lot of things that I've been doing um, that have been helping me is obviously grounding. Um, there's a uh, volume control exercise that I talk about in my book, and I think I may have talked about it in the last podcast, which is when you're starting to feel overwhelmed by energy. So like earlier, I was talking about how the energy is so intense outside, like it's just in the air, you know, um, this idea of imagining that you have a volume knob. And when you turn it down, that your input is turned down. Um, the main thing that I've been doing um, is an exercise for my book. And I'm trying not to be like, my book, my book, my book. But um, no, that's, where my, I promise that's where you, my I wrote a book. Is. I'd be like, my book, my book, my book. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Please, your book all over the place. <laughs> So the exercise that I've been uh, doing a lot is exercise 44 in my book, which is a filter shield. So it's essentially uh, taking a moment and um, visualizing the energy around you, like your aura, and then imagining that there's um, a mesh strainer of silver light around it, and then a gold strainer around it and then using your intention to program it um, because we're witches, right? So it's not all about visualization. It's about that willpower of moving that energy and empowering that visualization to be magic. Um, and then, you know, I have my um, little witchy affirmation that I state, which is uh, by lunar and solar opposite and polar energies that harm and wilter cannot pass through my magic filter. Um, so I've been doing that a lot and, you know, um, I'm not saying that that's going to protect you from viruses. I'm not saying that at all, but there's a lot of funky energy out there. And, um, as someone who is psychic and I believe everyone is psychic, um, it, it's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming at the moment. Um, so just that kind of mindfulness of like, what is my energy? What am I allowing into my energy? Taking a moment to ground yourself, to center yourself and just, you know, that mindful meditation of just taking time to just, you know, meditate and see that as something you do for yourself, something you do as self care, as opposed to some, just another chore that you feel you need to do. Um, I think would be very beneficial for people at this moment. Hmm. I think that's phenomenal. We had talked about kind of meditation and stuff, uh, the last bonus podcast we'd done. And I, I think that that's, I think that's a good way to look at it is try not to look at it as something that you just should do or need to do, but just really think of it as self care and something that is like a gift that you're giving to yourself. Exactly. And also, um, when it comes to things related to the virus, cause I'm such, you know, though she's my friend, I'm still a fan girl of, uh, Laura Tempest Zakroff yes. and she's been creating these amazing sigils for like, um, you know, boosting your immune system and, you know, emotional self care and making sure you have all your needs met. Um, she's really stepping up to the plate. I love her work. Um, I love her method of sigil creation. Um, because I think right now is also an opportunity for people who are homebound to really, you know, um, 
do those things they've been putting off in regards to their practice and their development. So like employing sigils, you know, working meditation, developing their psychic ability, getting back to strengthening a daily uh, practice. You know, we're given this opportunity. We're stuck at home, right? No, a hundred percent. And I think also when you are in such a stressful, chaotic relation or um, when you are in such a stressful and chaotic uh, situation, I think giving yourself some sort of routine can actually be really helpful. And so this could be a great time to kind of work some of, you know, work some more magical practice into just your normal daily routine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely find myself um, having the space to do that more than I have before, you know? I mean, obviously I always have work magic into my life, but I have found my... (sighs) I have found myself with time to actually work on some of the areas that I want to, or delve more into areas that I want to, um, and being able to, to use magic as self-care, but also to affect change in general, um, and having the, the space to do so, um, has been nice too. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for Courtney. Courtney usually jumps in. Pardon? Or are you going to? You're hosting. You're hosting today. Well, that doesn't stop you. Oh, well, everybody else said things that we're already, I'm like, okay, that's, that's covered. <laughs> if Courtney needed to follow along with things for this episode, Kanani, she probably should, you know, you, you probably should have let her know before she ate the weed candy. <laughs> that's true. Excellent point. Well, well Courtney's like, isn't everything nice over here? <laughs> Courtney's staring at her pretty, pretty walls. <laughs> hilarious they're all really pretty the lavender color was a really good choice <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that and there we are <laughs> thank you matt for joining us and we are very happy that you are back with us on the west coast and we will absolutely make arrangements after all of these shenanigans to have a get together and and have some fun because Share survival stories. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much uh, for having me on. Um, you know, it's it's always fun. Um, I don't reappear on podcasts if I don't have fun or I don't enjoy it. Um, and I I find you entertaining. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's a big part of it, as that I'm sure Courtney like, <laughs> knows. Like, once you start doing lots of podcasts, like other people's podcasts, you know, you you don't want to go back to the ones that feel like it's pulling teeth. No, you just have to hope that next time we're a little more sober, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Or or you're a little less sober. That might help. It's a balance. Like maybe a little more sober on our part, a little less sober on your part. We'll even it out. No, we'll I would absolutely, I will absolutely uh, make a point to come uh, see you guys next time I come down. And I would love it. If if yeah, that would be great. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. And I think that's important. We all just need to remember that as awful as all of this is, it is temporary. It is temporary. It is temporary. And if not, we'll find new ways of being, you know, and we'll create, you know, new witchy plague masks. Just what I need another accessory to buy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like humans are resilient. Humans are ingenious. Um, I think that, this is a big wake up, shake up call, you know? Um, and it's devastating in a lot of ways. It's scary in a lot of ways, but, um, I'm an optimist, you know, like we were saying after the tower is the star. So we got to hold on to that star, that hope, that goodness in humanity and the universe and each other and figure out how we are going to tap into that, Aquarian energy. I did look it up. It is Aquarian. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm for sure this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is beautiful, you know? Um, um, and now it's the time of, so now I have the age of Aquarius stuck in my head that like 70. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like for I, the whole week, people have brought up Aquarius to me and it's like, I'm like, Oh no, that song is never going to leave. I have the twin <laughs> peaks theme song in my head. So I'm ahead of both. Of you guys. 
I've never seen Twin Twin Peaks, uh, and uh, that's one of the things Chaz is like. No, you're going to watch all of them. Oh, like, no, it's, <laughs> he's it's like, you won't of, understand me as a roommate if you don't watch all of them. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to take that, but I'm down. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them either. Oh, but Kanani, there's something I want to double check. You have seen Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail, haven't you? I know I should say yes. Oh, no. Oh, my God. You need to go watch it immediately. <laughs> no, so it's on Netflix. And actually, you can watch it with the kids. There's only one reference to oral sex in there. And the rest of the time, it's totally PG. It's just, it's, it's, they would love it because it has crazy British accents in it. It's so funny. It is All right. Funny. We'll, we'll add that. We'll add that to our list then. That would announce that so maybe you should watch it this week so you can review it on the next episode. I think that would give people a lot of joy. <laughs> I, I will do that. I will watch it this week so I can review it. But I will I will remind everyone, my children have seen every episode of The Owl House. Oh, good. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I want to. It is so good. Is it? Yeah. Yes. It's a great, it's a great little sitcom. We have it on season record. And my kids have seen every episode at least once or twice. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for tolerating us and our shenanigans. And, you know, hopefully next time we have you on, it'll be, uh, we'll all be having a lot more fun in our houses. <laughs> and um, I just, I really want to thank you. I'm glad that you had a safe trip uh, to the West Coast. I'm glad you're back. And uh, I just want to thank all our listeners. Just know that we are thinking about you. We are, um, going to keep doing these weekly additional podcasts to kind of just check in and to kind of hopefully send some good vibes out there for people who we are sure, you know, are are having some difficult times or just kind of trying to find some things to do. So uh, thank you for listening to us. If you do have projects that you've been working on that you've completed, please feel free to send them to us. We'll create a blog post of all the pictures and, and let you brag about yourself. And if you have a, if you have a artisan marketplace, you would like us to advertise. We're happy to do that as well. Thank you so much for joining us and we will talk to you next week. Bye witches. Bye. Bye. Join us on the first and third Mondays of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archive 